We are back, Minds Like Minds Podcast. I'm your host, R.L. Malpica. And I'm the co-host, Chef Definition. And we have a very, very special guest with us today. We have Susan Nicholas with us, who is a telepathic, medical intuitive, and energy healer, also a three-time author and international speaker. So how are you doing today, Susan? I'm well, thank you. Thank you both for having me. I'm so excited about our conversation. For sure, for sure. Me We're too. excited as well. Me um, too. Me too. You know, um, especially, you know, just kind of going, uh, looking at your website and everything that you do. I'm super intrigued for our audience to hear your journey, kind of see, you know, that that moment, that awakening moment for you and everything. Um, but, you know, start off, how, how's, how's your day been, girl? Day's been great. I would love to take you on the journey into awareness. Uh, this is what I focus all of my work around. Uh, I'll tell you, for me, it's probably started when I was in my clinical fellowship. I trained in cardiothoracic surgery out in California at Stanford Hospital. And during that journey, I I think I came to the, um, let me just say, uh, I heard my inner voice for the very first time. I believe for most of my life, I was on a journey of what I call external validation, trying to feel good enough um worthy enough uh and i thought that i could achieve that by with education and i decided to go into a medical career and i thought you know once i reach this certain point then i'll be happy and this kind of whole world will open up well as i got further and further along in my journey i realized that i had this depth of a soulful void um i call it a crevasse void like a hollowness of my own soul Hmm. And I knew that I couldn't follow that path any longer. And it was at that time that I attempted to take my own life. And that's when I believe I began my awakening moment. Mm -hmm. But I was, if if you can imagine on the journey of going through medical school and then going through a surgeon's training, I was very, very task oriented, very, very uh, evidence-based, very, very kind of left brain in the mind. I had no uh, language around spirituality. Hmm. Uh, I knew that we had a soul, but I really never listened to it. Uh, I mean, I could feel my intuition coming through when I was working with patients. I could sense things, but I, I didn't trust it. I didn't trust that part of me. It had to be very empirical. Uh, very evidence-based, and I was just trained not not to really trust it, that everything had to be right. proven, if you will. Right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I was very tuned, like, turned off or tuned out to my inner or higher self. And when I came to this dark night of the soul, I believe I heard myself speak for the very, very first time. Now, wow. I knew that for me to go on living, uh, things had to change dramatically in my life. Right. And I didn't know um, how to do to go about this shift, if you will. Right. And I thought it was just a simple matter of changing my career. Mm. I thought, you know, if I choose a career where I have time and money, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be fulfilled. This void will go away. And I won't kind of be chasing that dangling carrot anymore. And so that's when I shifted out from clinical medicine. I went to business school. Uh, I became a mother um, to my only child. I have a a 12-year-old son now. But uh, I became a mom. And then I became a healthcare entrepreneur. And I thought, okay, this will do it. I'll I'll have time and money. I'll, I'll be validated, this, this, and that. Only to reach that point again where I thought, I'm not going to make it this time. Like if I go to that uh, emptiness, that hollowness one more time, I wouldn't make it the second time around. Mm -hmm. And this time I had a two-year-old child by this time. It was about five years after I had left my clinical medical career. I was steeped into entrepreneurship, um, doing all the right things but feeling like I was pushing a boulder uphill Mm. and I just was exhausted. I I truly was exhausted because I still didn't find that fulfillment that I was so desperately seeking um, that wholeness. 
And uh, wow. that's when I believe I was given the gift of awareness, given the gift of consciousness. I, um, I went to bed one night, uh, this is 2012 timeframe, and I would, I would just weep. I, I would just cry yeah. myself to sleep, uh, wishing to go home, not knowing where or what home was, but just that it wasn't here on this planet. Mm. And I felt my energy leave out of my body. I, I literally felt like energy leave from my palms and my feet, and I felt myself leave. And it was the first time that I felt like free. Like I, I felt like this lift of this, of this burden. I didn't yeah. have pain in my soul. I was just free. And I found myself flying, I say above a, a night, like a dark night um, over a big city full of lights. Uh, only I didn't have arms or legs, but I felt like I was soaring. And I remember thinking that this is what people talk about when they're flying in their dreams. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Only this dream was so intensely real um, that I, 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 I mean, I believe I was existing as pure consciousness, uh, like uh, as, as, as pure light. Right. Like no physical form. And I heard on this flight, I didn't have a physical self of, arms or legs or wings, nothing like that. But I felt the feeling of flying, of flight. And I heard this voice that told me not to look down. Hmm. And so immediately I just looked down and see that shining city full of lights that I thought I was flying over crumble to ash. Oh, wow. And in that space, there were no earthly, earthly context. And I became, and I felt fear. I felt hmm. afraid. Um, in that moment of fear, I felt my energy return back to my body that was lying in my bed. Right. And I remember I, I lie there wide awake saying to myself, if I ever had the opportunity to fly again, that I would not be afraid. And that began my journey into consciousness. Wow. 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 That is heavy. That's, that's heavy. Wow. That's a, I mean, that's a, that's a, it's a beautiful journey as well. Wow. I could I could relate to I mean I could a, a lot of it resonates with me of what you just said I mean like yeah but 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 not even really knowing until it was kind of like put it in um such a nice way you know what I'm saying yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah like okay so yeah. kind of taking you back to the moment where you're <clears throat> on the precipice of possibly ending your life like what was it. Was it just the feeling of emptiness or was there more to that? You know, when I look back now, RL, I, I was living my life. I was always afraid. Um, I had, you know what it is, is um, sometimes we carry burdens and we don't know how heavy until we let them go. And I was carrying so much in my soul. Um, I was carrying the ener- energies of shame, mm. a great amount of fear, of lack, of not having enough, enough resources, mm. um, not feeling uh, that I was lovable um, or that I was good enough in some way. And I was carrying this heavy weight and I didn't know what it was to be without it. I, mm-hmm. You know, I was always a sad person. I would say that I used to have a depressive side um, where I would fall into these depths of sadness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to call them funks, where yeah. I just literally um, just felt that I couldn't function. Like I was just so incredibly bereft of the soul. And I didn't know from where it came or how to get rid of it, if you will. I just, it had always been with me. Right. Um, The way that I described my sadness was that it was like a trusted friend. It was always with me. No matter what the triumphs, the accomplishments, there was that, that um, kind of that, whiff of sadness that was always there. Um, and I think that it was, 
I mean, now I, now that I'm free of it, I I can understand it better. Right. Um, But when I, when you're carrying it, it just seems like how things are or how you are. Yeah. It seems seems normal. Yeah. That, that it's, it's, it's a burden that you've carried. And for me, I, I don't know when I picked it up, but I don't remember being without it. Now, That's how said, long I had carried it. Yeah. Right. When you're talking about sadness, it, it all automatically reminds me of that movie Inside Out, that Disney movie. I don't know if you've seen yeah, that. Yeah. With sadness and, and joy mm-hmm. and the different emotions that are inside of a, a child's head. I missed it. You missed it? <laughs> you know, I'm not a huge proponent of Disney because of a, a whole myriad of reasons, but Inside Out, like, good. that's a movie that, that really deals with the psyche and, and stuff. It's, it's, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, that in Soul. I love oh. Soul. You know, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Like, I'm so into Soul, um, and I watched about three-fourths of it. But I had to turn it off because my wife fell asleep and she doesn't like me to finish stuff without her. The bad thing is, is that she does she wasn't feeling it too much and now she doesn't want to watch it and my daughter doesn't want to watch it. So I'm like, damn, I'm gonna have to watch this shit on my own. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to block out a night to watch Soul. Yeah. It was um that's like the uh animation, right? Yeah, but Jamie I think yeah. Jamie Foxx Fox, is the yeah, yeah. It's really good. I though. love that. It's, it's yeah, really good. I love it. Okay. It's I about like everything, it. man. It's about literally your your soul and what happens when you die and how you reincarnate and all. It's really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna check yeah. it out. <laughs> I'm gonna check it out. Oh, it's worth it. I've watched it like eight times. I love okay. it. I'm sad. That's I'm, I'm blacking out a night. I'm like, look, yeah. babe. I need. I need. I just need two hours. Okay. I need all to right. watch some soul. Uh, oh man. And, and, and do some research on it. Do some research yeah. on it. Yeah. And we'll do a podcast about it. Right. Um, like, okay, so where you are now, like now, you know, with your intuitive abilities and your healing abilities, looking back, can you see moments in your 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 journey, you know, growing up, um, you know, even through adulthood to where you actually remember or have reflections of you having those abilities, just not realizing what they were? Mm. Okay, so um, I think the intuitive stuff, I, I know that I've always had it. I've had a sense of things. I, I just didn't have language around it. Mm-hmm. And then as I got, again, more into clinical medicine and the facts, I trusted it less and less and less. I, I just kind of like stuffed it down, this intuition. But I used it when it was convenient, you know, when it was yeah. convenient for me. Like when I'm making rounds in the middle of the night, it's like I could sense you know that something was wrong oh wow and so i i would use that um but i wouldn't really um talk about it or harness it or let it out you know i was very um close with it uh and uh, skeptical of it you know i met many times for sure but i think for me it all of it uh, you know i i think we carry these what I call these human superpowers in our DNA. Um, We have in medicine, something we call junk DNA Mm -hmm. because we don't know what it is. Right. And I believe it codes for this, these intangible things, but there are, there's no empty spaces or redundancies in the universe or in our bodies and certainly not in our DNA. We just don't know what they code for because it may not be in the physical realm, but I believe that we are physical embodiments of energy you know that we are so first souls and spirits whatever you want to call that life force that is embodied to have a third dimensional experience and of course coming into you know into my third dimensional existence with this desire i think i read chef he said when i'm nine years old i wanted to be a chef and i was 10 years old i wanted to be a doctor and i believe that that's was my purpose and that's what i do and i was it was very much about a physical experience in the physical body we do physical exams we there's hardly ever any mention of the soul or the spirit right and 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 allopathic medicine the way that i trained and so i was very neglectful of my own soul uh and and all the pings and everything that it was telling me but I believe like when I began, when I received that gift of awakening, that I began to awaken those superpowers. 
that heavy intuition. I began to see auras. I could see energy. I could feel it emanating from me. Like URL, I'm also, I'm an attuned Reiki master. Nice. Um, and I, I could feel the energy. I could feel it. And I would try to photograph it. And I was like, what is this? It's like <laughs> chi, you know? Yeah. I, I, I'd heard of it, but I'd never experienced it. And when I did, I was like, whoa, I can feel this. I can feel energy emanating from me. I just had no idea what to do with it or do about it. And so I was, it was, I was just with it was just with me, and I believe it was awakened um, from those um, out-of-body, multidimensional experiences. Yeah. And so all of this, I, I, the creativity, uh, the ability to write books, um, awakening this, my speaking, uh, all the things that I do now, uh, podcasting, all of it stemmed from that awakened experience mm -hmm. where I'm less concerned about the facts and I'm more concerned about what is going on within inside of you. Like yes. what is, what are these feelings emanating from us? Because I feel that truly the frequency of the feelings within us, they are the language of the universe. Mm -hmm. That is how we communicate with this omnipotent force that we call our source energy god allah whatever you want to call it the universe right uh the source of creation whatever you want to what name you want to give to it mm -hmm. to me that doesn't matter but our the frequency of our feelings is how we communicate with that powerful force or how it communicates with us and so we we need to be mindful of what the what's emanating from within us like what are we what vibration are we putting out because it matters because that is what we are attracting back to us. It's like that universal boomerang. What we put out there is returned to us as a vibrational frequency. And so I, I think, I mean, all of this stuff um, that I do now in my, what I call my conscious work really stemmed from my awakening experience. That's beautiful. Hell yeah. That's, that's beautiful. I mean, with that being the foundation, I mean, that's that's a beautiful thing. Because you talked about you talked about everybody, and and this is kind of what we're conditioned to think is you know that that time and money and education are that's kind of the goal, right? That's that's success. the key. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the measure of success. Um, and most people who end up achieving those things let you know real quick that that's not the case. Right. <laughs> you know right. Yeah, that, is, that is true. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? Right. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with achieving material oh, wealth. No, not at all. Nothing at all. But it's empty if you haven't, what I believe, do your soul work. I, I think that's why it all falls down when you see these meteoric or stratospheric rises to wealth and riches. It could be athletes, musicians, whatever it is entrepreneurs and right. they haven't done them. They haven't taken care of this, you know, what's in their heart. And then it all falls down. Like as quickly as they're up, they're back, they're back down because they cannot hold that vibration. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there, you know, once we realize that we are creators and how powerful we are as beings, then it beckons us to take responsibility for what we are creating. Like, we are very powerful in ourselves and some people, you know, they receive that third dimensional, all those, I would say proxies of wealth. Um, but they're, they're bankrupt soulfully like inside mm -hmm. of themselves. And they're carrying like all that stuff that I was talking about, sadness, depression, fear, shame, anger, frustration from not just their lifetime, but whatever they've carried over generationally and even into the ancestral planes, it's a long thread of energy that is you, that is me, that is you, Chef. Like all of us, we are born into this universe and we are here for a very, very long time. And imagine all of the energies of the past that were never transformed, that were never resolved, and that we are born with. And so we come into it heavy you know with baggage and we don't know again what it is to be without it 
And what we never learn in this planet is how to transform those energies. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you recognize that we are embodiments of energy and the energy of us follows the same laws of energy of the universe, you know, we call these like the laws of thermodynamics. So the first law of thermodynamics is energy is not created nor destroyed, but it is transformed. It changes state. So I cannot just get rid of my feelings or forget about them or ignore them or numb them or drug them or whatever. I must transform them. And that's something that I don't believe we ever learn while we are here on the planet. It's all about physical stuff, the physical world, physical things, uh, physical manifestations of wealth, the physical body, uh, to truly the uh, ignorance, like the, the, the true absence or, uh, you know, ignoring the, the true essence of our being. And that we are constantly um, in, in this ebb and flow and sometimes conflict with our essence and our form. So there's this interplay of essence and form that we never learn, that we never, um, it's never even spoken of. And so how, how in the heck could we possibly know how to transform energies and come into equilibrium and harmony with our essence when we don't even acknowledge it? And so I think that's part of the problems, you know, that we're, that we're seeing in humanity is that we never learned how to transform energy. That's Susan the energy Nicholas, of everybody. ourselves. Susan Nicholas, <laughs> wow. Susan, Susan, Susan Nick, Nicholas is dropping jewels here on Minds Like Minds. I don't know if you guys realize what's going on right now. Unbelievably, beautifully said. I can get, use every adjective, adverb Man. in the world. Like, wow. And then some. Yeah, for sure. Definitely for like sure. Um, and you said something really interesting about, you know, this this being the material world, um, and um, I don't know how adept you are at, uh, with Kabbalah by any by any uh, chance, but like that's what they speak of, like this being like the lowest of lowest planes, being the yes. material the material realm, and then there's the formative realm, and then there's two other realms that slipped my mind. <laughs> but, um, but it but it but it makes a lot of sense, you know, just in the facts that fact that we are living in a 3d consciousness and we have abilities to tap into 4d and 5d consciousness but the plane we're on is still a three-dimensional world you know what i'm saying yes yeah and i think that's the challenge with spirituality like when you awaken you're like oh there's more to me than just this right right. this third dimensional space but you're still embodied so you've got to balance all of it Yep. So you used yeah. to worry about your bills and the kids and the family and the wives and the jobs and all the, the world. But you got to do that and, and the inner work. Right. But the, but the good news is that when you wake up consciously, you have the tools to do that. You get like you get schooled this this higher learning, if you will, um, allows you to give you the capacity to not just survive anymore. Like you can actually right. balance the 3D and the five. I would say when I woke, when I awakened, the the biggest, I would say, uh, I don't wanna call it a mistake, but misconception that I had was that once I awaken, like once I reach this state, I can, I, then everything would fall into place. Like, the struggle would be over and I would right. be like Zen and this would be nice <laughs> and cool. Yeah. And I could just manifest whatever I wanted and it would show up and I would be like, wow, you know, but I was sorely mistaken because actually the journey becomes even more challenging, if you will, because I, you gotta be here. Like, you know, the the outer realms and the the higher realms of existence are so light and you realize that you have the power to manifest before your thought is even fully formed that's how powerful we are but here everything takes a long time so you can become very impatient and you're like what the fuck you know like is it worth it and do i you, you know 
I struggled. I, I'll be honest with both of you. I mean, for seven years, I was traveling in and out and I didn't want to be here. I mean, yeah. I, I, I really struggled with my embodiment, like being in the physical form because it was so much better in my experience to be out of form and to experience that. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, so if I'm still here, if I'm still embodied and I don't get to leave out and I'm not dying, which I used to think I was doing, um, then what am I do? Like, what am I to do here? And not only did I raise my own vibration and light my own spirit and transfer my own energies. Now I do it for others. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, now I recognize that. Yeah. Being a surgeon was pretty cool. You know, <laughs> I, I was an entrepreneur. I'm still an entrepreneur. Right. Um, I worked in equities. I was a healthcare investor for a little bit. All those were pretty cool jobs. Uh, but my real work is, is, is for the soul. Yes. And so I take this, this, this third dimension and I, break, I can break down the constructs. It's like, you know, taking, and it's like the red or blue pill. It's like, do I stay in in the illusion or do I come out of it? And so I've decided to come out of the illusion and I can now see all the the patterns. Um, I can see the constructs, the programs that we came into. And so I, in my first book, the duality of being, I broke these constructs in the four major prevailing constructs on the planet, time, money, race, and religion. There are other, of course, there's a gender construct. There's all sorts of constructs that are prevailing on the planet. And we see them crumbling. Right. And I would say for me, um, my conscious awakening really helped me with a time construct um, to to get it, if you will, uh, that there's only now. I mean, I heard it. I heard stuff like that and all is happening at once and da, da, da. But I couldn't conceptualize it in myself. Yeah. And and then I I be, then I became good with that. I'm like, oh, I get it now. And then religion, I was like, oh, that 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 was an easy one for me. I had been, I would say, on that alchemist journey to figure out my spirit. You there? Religious construct. I was like, done with that, you know. Right. And then it came really down to um, the money construct. And, oh, boy, um, I'll say this. When you are not on your rightful path, the universe will wake your ass up, right? So (laughs) some people, it's their health. You know, they they have scares with their health or loss, you know, some great loss. And for me, I was so detached from myself. I'm like, the universe can't scare me with the big disease i'm like out of here i'm like i don't give a shit you know i got i'm I'm not worried about dying i have no fear of it but what the universe could do is mess with my money like i was really sensitive about that because it went back to this old ancestral this thread of 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 lack of scarcity it tapped into that it's almost like an old tuning for it's like ding like that reverberate through i'm like ah you know, uh, I could so I could so I'm relate. Not gonna to have that. enough. Yeah, yeah, I could so relate and, to that. And so that's so that's what I do a lot of my work in, um, around healing the money story, because I realized for me that was what took me on that external journey. It was to come out of poverty. I mean, it sounds funny now, but I thought getting out of poverty was about geography. An occupation, like I could move far away from where I started, or I could educate myself out of it. But that the energy of it was still with me. Mm. No matter how much I had, it was never enough. I never felt valued enough, or that I that I earned enough, or that it was never enough. And not in the sense of I just needed big, bigger and shiny things. Right. But it didn't fill the void. It didn't feel, you know. It didn't fill the void. And so I recognized in this journey that the money construct was the most challenging. 
Um, I'm good with gender and fluidity and essences. I'm like, that's fine. I'm good. I'm good with all that stuff. But the money construct um, would trip me up. Uh, I, I had this, uh, it's so, so, so strange, but I had this, like this heavy, heavy fear of homelessness. Mm. Now I like in this existence, wow. I have never spent one, one day without shelter, right? N- not a single day yet. I feared it. I had a, I mean, like literally I would see a homeless person. I would like break down and cry. Like I would just be so afraid of that, the, the possibility of it that I would, I would like literally, it would like shake me to the core. Wow. And I was like, what is that? You know, like, what does that come from? Yeah. What, what, it, what is it? Yeah. And it must've this, I can only imagine that in another existence, I maybe was homeless. That's, that's or what I was thinking. was yeah. on the street, right, you know, or something. But it's not in this lifetime, but it was something I think that was one of those carryover energies that it's like an irrational. It was like a phobia, like the irrational fears. It's like, Mm. what are you afraid of? (laughs) You've never been homeless. Why are you afraid of being homeless? Right. You know, there's no basis. There's no basis for that feeling. There's no experience. You know what I'm saying? But I still had it. I, I, I had it in a big way. And so the universe showed me. I, I, I think for me to overcome that, I had to experience it a little bit, you know, like I'm not talking about really being homeless, but I, I had home housing insecurity where I couldn't afford my housing and I had to go live at home again. And I was separated from my kid and I was like shitting my pants, you know, right. I had to go through it. I, it's, so I, I feel like, you know, with these energies, we don't get to go around it or skip the lesson. We have to go through it. And I think when you go through the lesson, it's kind of like going through a big thorny forest. You know, it's like <laughs> you're going to get cut. You know, it's not going to be comfortable. You're 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 going to like fear for your life. You know, but on the you come through the other end, then it opens up. You're like, oh, you you finally tackled that right you know you got through that and so i had to do that so for 21 months there were 21 months in my life where i was literally like um i didn't have a like a a, an address like i was living at, at airbnbs and hotels i was with my parents I felt like a turtle with my house on my back mm. and every and i look back on that and i'm like there in all of that kerfuffle there was not a single day that i was ever homeless like that i didn't have a place or a roof over my head or a meal uh and until i like finally and then until i became free of it Mm -hmm. you know that was my journey of over of transforming that energy right and so i was like oh my gosh you know and i i did work with my parents my father you know there's a lot of stuff a lot of shame. Um, uh, I came through this uh, prostitution energy. Hmm. Um, I didn't even know how to name it. I do now, but I was like, there was a lot of shame around how money was earned in my family. Right. My mother's mother was a prostitute and she had a brothel and no one ever spoke about it. Really? It was known but never spoke. Yeah, yeah, like Voldemort. To this day, to this day. <laughs> and so I I did not choose, I did not become a prostitute. But the energy of that shame I carried in with me. Generation. Um, yep. I could never speak of it. I felt very ashamed of it. Um, and I I had to transform that energy too. And so that's what I do in, in my in my work. I, I do a show called Money Consciousness. I do that on Clubhouse on every week on Wednesdays. Nice. We gotta check that out. To Write help down, people man. overcome generational poverty. That's awesome. I actually did my my TED talk was was under the same title title, Money Consciousness Overcoming yes. Generational Poverty. I did that in my TED. That's awesome. That's part of my speaking platform. Yeah. Uh, called the frequency of money. 
So I do a lot of work around money because I believe our physical money is related to our self-worth, like our, our innate self-worth. And that very little of any credence is ever given to our truest feelings of worth in, in the financial equation. Right. And so that's why our money's all messed up because we aren't whole, we aren't well inside. You, you know, whether it doesn't matter what energy you're carrying, if you have greed, of guilt, maybe there's a crime committed around money. Maybe money was never talked about. There's secrets. Whatever was going on, you could have had a comfort and a lot of money or none at all. You can you still carry energy surrounding this powerful force that is our money. And if I mean, and so no, continue until you can transform that energy. It'll go with you no matter what job you have, how old you get, what titles, it's with you. You'll see the same pattern over and over and over again. Yes. That's deep. That's that's heavy. I, I, I can so dig it. I mean, I can so dig it. Like, um, whoa. So, like, transfer, because, okay, like, and we, we, we talked about this today, right? So, so I have this, this I have this fear of it. Of, being homeless you know what i'm saying fuck it you know we talked about it we mm-hmm. talked about it we talk about it a lot actually like it's like some driving some really driving shit right but, yeah yeah but I've, I've never been homeless no yeah but yeah you've, you've told me that many times because you know with your with your your chefing business and everything yeah. and you know being an entrepreneur trying to to build a brand um you always you always tell me you have this this fear of being homeless <laughs> like, yeah shit. yeah yeah I, and I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know where it comes from, but, but, but like what you're saying about transferring energy, like, fuck, it all makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it makes sense. Kind of, kind of like when, you know, Rosalind was saying transmuting energy. Right. Right. Yeah. You know yeah. So it's like, oh, fuck it. That's it. <laughs> Instead of fearing, go make some fucking cupcakes. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Like, go make a, a pound cake or some shit. Yeah. Right. And take there a picture of that motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So right, I'm, right. I'm in my I'm in my process. Right. I'm on my journey. I'm in my you know what I'm saying? I'm in my you know, I'm taking my steps in my And my look, journey. I mean things Absolutely. things like universally happen for a reason. Like, you know, you've been talking about that a lot recently. Mm. And look who we have on the podcast. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like right. you didn't, you didn't, re- you didn't know she was that right. this was going to happen at this time, and it's like at the perfect time. It all, it all adds up. Right, right, right. right we're right. all connected in one way or another. You know what I'm saying? Guidance, if you will. Exactly. You know and you know exactly. It's uni- It's the universe. I think. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. No coincidences. Yeah. Um, None. What? But you know, speaking, speaking, you know, continuing on what you were saying about money in society, especially with there's so much shame around money. Like I just think about like the fact that most people won't share what they make for a living like what right. is right. that why is that why i mean that's just something that's been a societal norm well because once you put that out there you're you're putting yourself out there to be judged right or or well we're going to give this person this amount of respect because they only earn <clears> this <throat> much mm-hmm. because we mm-hmm. put so much value on on the money concept Right, or, con- or, or we want to make it wrong, right? Like something's wrong with you, and yep. you know, or like we we associate. Okay, let me let me say this. I don't believe that any person is financially free if, when they have a lot of money, they feel superior or better, you right. know, or more powerful than. Right when they have little or no money and they feel inferior or small. So if your worth, like how you feel about your true self fluctuates with your bank account balance, you're not yet financially free. Right. So financial freedom to me and, and my depth or my spiritual definition of it is that, you know, no matter what the number is that you are still worthy. <laughs> Right, yes. that you're yes. still a good person. Right, right. That it's not about that. Money is nice to have, and we've created a world that costs. Yeah, that's, but that's money is a means of exchange. It's a mm. means of exchange. That's all that it is. 
It's a means of exchange. It's a powerful means of exchange, right? Right. But what I think when we're when we're all upset, high and low, on the money, on the balance in the account, or the lack of, you know, whatever the situation is, then we're not financially free, and we're not really considering what I call the continuum of wealth. That it's far more than dollars and cents, right? It's all of it. It's your health. It's your happiness and fulfillment, your creativity, your ideas, your connections, your collaborations, your relationships. It's all of it. It's, it's the autonomy over the resource that is our time. It's wow. all of it. So if I take all of it, then you realize you are abundantly wealthy, mm-hmm. right? That you are divine in nature. And it's not about the almighty dollar. Now, we've made it about that. Right. But it's not about that. But yes, we have created a world of cost. This is that dynamic between the, the higher realms of existence, that fifth dimensional existence where you don't need any money, like where they've overcome this construct uh-huh. <laughs> versus being on earth where right. we still have the money construct, yep. where we still believe that we struggle with money. And so when we really examine our language, it really is telling onto our, uh, about our, our truest feelings like, and, and what's sometimes causing the vibrational kind of rifts. And so if I say I'm struggling, we have to realize the power that comes after I am. Mm. So if I am struggling, then so it is. So it is. Mm-hmm. If I am in pain, so it is. If I am afraid, so it is. And so what happens is, you know, when we're putting our requests or desires out to this energy of money, out out to this universal energy of all of it, of creation, how do we do it? Do we request and do we need and want money out of desperation? Because that's what we're going to get back versus I... I re- desire because I love X, Y, Z. I love this sweater. I just, you know, I, I'm gushing all over it and I love to have it. Do I request from that energy or from that energy of, of there's not enough mm-hmm. and I'm right. afraid yep. and I'm so needy and desperate because, so what happens, this is what I believe happens when I talk about the, the frequency of our feelings is the language of the universe. When I am desperate and I'm needy and wanting, then the universe says, okay, I'm going to show you exactly what you resonate out to me. I'm going to show you more things to be needy for and wanting of. Because I need and I want, like, that's how powerful we are as creators. But if I desire something that I love, then all these things of my highest desire and love is what I'm going to get back. That's why it's so, so powerful that, to be grateful. Yes, that's how powerful we are as creators. And that once you realize that all the mayhem, all the all the crap that's in our sphere, our existence, our reality, is our, our own making, that we are the creators of that, then it Either people run and hide, they don't want to deal with it, what they've created. Right. Or they take responsibility for what they are creating. And so you become very meticulous of how you speak and how you feel is ultimately very, very important. Yeah. What you say matters, what you think matters, what you believe matters, what you feel it matters. And when you become conscious, you're very meticulous of how you be, who you be, what you say, because it matters. And so I, I used to kind of write down different ways of saying things. So people say, oh, the struggle is real, I'm struggling. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm experiencing this now. I'm experiencing it. To me, when I'm experiencing something, it's temporary. 
It's not like this is the whole of me is just afraid. No, maybe there's just a little part of you that's carrying fear and you recognize that there's some little kind of, uh, you know, kind of like one of those energies, you know, yeah, I got that a little bit of that. I, I'm going to own it because when, once I have awareness of it, then I have the power to transform it. And so it's all, it's really being meticulous about like, you know, it's like almost like personal, like soulful hygiene. Like how, do, who are you and how do you be? Because only you have the power to transform your life. Truth. Facts. Jewels, everybody. Big, big Jewels. Facts. Big facts. <laughs> <laughs> Chris uh, Paul dropping dimes. Oh, right, 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 right. All right, so so let everybody know out there um, how like kind of number one how they can get a hold of you how they how they can find your book uh, you, you have multiple but you do children's books as well too right yes that's right See, that is so cool because that like, is cool the youth the youth is where it's at because with all the societal conditioning and, and and what goes on you know to to be able to create children's books and children's content to to show them the true way early is going to show so many so, such great ramifications going forward so props to exactly. you exactly yeah that's how absolutely. we change the world right yes yes speaking to the youth you are conscious parent you got conscious kid conscious family members you know yeah because what happens is you know we don't have power to change anybody else. The power is within each person to change and liberate themselves, to elevate themselves. But what we can do as awakened beings is stand in light, be that light. And people say, well, what did you, what, you know, how did you do, or how are you calm or what, you know, they'll start asking you because they'll see a change in you Mm -hmm. that evokes a change in them. But we cannot, you know, you, we cannot want for another person or desire for another person. We certainly cannot create for another person. We try to, but ultimately it, they have autonomy over their life. They are given a life just like you are in embodiment. We all have that in common. And it's what is each of us doing in our respective embodiments of what are we creating with the power within us? And so, yeah, I write for adults and children. My first title is The Duality of Being, Perspectives from Multidimensional Travel. I wrote that for adults. And it's really just about awareness of all of it. You know, like life and death, relationships, the constructs, all of it. And saying, oh, I see that we're all, we're literally born into conditioning and programs. And when you can step back from it, then you can begin to see the patterns working in your life. And then you have, again, have the power to shift it, to change it. And all these shifts are incremental, like they're additive and incremental. So if I change this and it all adds up to a higher, you know, higher self, a higher frequency of your beingness, nothing is wasted, right? No coincidences, no accidents, no mistakes. And so the duality of being is for adults. I have, Actually, I've written uh, four books. Um, my fourth one will be published this year, but my first children's book is called Two Parts of Me. I am more than my body. Nice. It's really about the physical self and the energetic self, you know, getting comfortable talking about that there's something inside of you that resonates frequencies and vibrations. Um, and to trust it, to, you know, to trust that intuition that it's there to guide you. So that's my first children's book. The second one is called The Death of Cupcake for children who have experienced loss while they're still children. Um, In my energy healing practice, many of the adults have unresolved energies from deaths when they were children. Uh, Family members, friends, or whatever happened that was never resolved or talked about. So there's trauma around that. And so I wrote The Death of Cupcake, you know, to look at a new perspective on how we can perceive the transition, that it doesn't have to be scary and awful, uh, but this is just a part of natural being and that it's a release of the soul. And then you can be fully present in it um, and resolve all that stuff that couldn't be talked about when you were a child or people believe that you couldn't process as a child. 
Um, you still carry that with you if it has not yet been transformed. My fourth title uh, to be published uh, at the end of this year is called Poor Max. And it is the, about the generational poverty, about a child who believes he is poor. Wow. And when it, when it comes to poverty, the way that I speak this is that it's a condition. It's a circumstance you're born into. Your circumstances may be poor and deprived, but you are wealthy. You are divine in nature. You have the power within you to transform it all. It doesn't matter what your circumstances look like. That's a trap, right? We get trapped by that and think that this is all that there is or I can't overcome it. But it's not true. You can. But you must believe in yourself. Like, un, like own who you are as a creator and a divine being. And so when you do that, you can transcend that circumstance just like overcoming the fear of homelessness. You can overcome that or the fear of heights or the fear of spiders or whatever it is. You can overcome all of that if you dare, right? If you take the journey. Right, yeah. And so those are the, the books all available on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, you know, all, all around the world. And, you know, my website is susannicholas.org. And I'm creating a conscious media company. I'm actually in the process of writing a screenplay for the duality of being. And nice. the goal is to have those children's books made into an animated series. And so I'm very excited that Disney wow, Pixar made soul. Cause I'm like, right. Oh, maybe There's they're ready avenue. for, yes. <laughs> for wow. my conscious children's up. books and to make that. And just to provide uh, awareness, you know, water distribution and awareness uh, of concepts of consciousness for children, yes. you know, and so, so we can important. begin, so we can begin. Mm. I actually do energy healings with my son and I have a children's practice and I do pets and all that. Whatnot. Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, good. Well, and we'll then of course sure I put, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no. I say host the be, be conscious podcast as oh, well. Oh, that's right. Yes, so you can yes. find that on my website. Yeah. Awesome. Right. We'll make sure we put all that information in the description. Um, once your once your book's ready to um, ready to release, let us know. We'd love to have you on to to kind of talk about that, please, and promote. Okay, that. thank you. Um, thank I know you. I'm going to be making some purchases myself of, of definitely the children's books and and, right. and your duality book as I well. I definitely want to get the duality. Book. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Great thank stuff, um, man. And like I said, we we definitely want to have you back. We appreciate you you sharing all of this thank knowledge you. and. And perspective for Thank everybody. Thank you so very there. much. Yeah, yeah. This was enlightening. Very enlightening. Very, 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 very heavy. Well, well, RL and Chef, thank you for having me. It's so been a great welcome. pleasure. Thank you for sure. And everybody out, everybody out there listening, make sure you catch the video version of this podcast on Akasha Flicks exclusively. Um, Akasha Flicks, where we have conscious and metaphysical and free thinking and truth uh, truth seeking content. Uh, love and light to everybody. Any last words, Chef? Nah, man. Um, shit, be the light that you want to see in the world, man. That kind of shit. Yes, yes, yes. One hundred percent. Right. On. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. yeah. I leave everyone with be conscious. Be hey, conscious. Man. There yeah. we go. That's, that's, <laughs> this has been a great. Yes, show. it is. Yes, great it show. Is. All right. Yeah. Well, we're out of here, everybody. Peace. Peace.